Hey, this is Alex of the What Mean Podcast. I just wanted to say this before the episode starts. So just a quick disclaimer. Um, we did mention an unfortunate um, murder of one of the stars uh, in one of the dubs of this movie. Um, I didn't know the details. And so um, basically like a potential trigger warning for anyone that their uh, murder is mentioned in this and um we didn't have the details so we made like a joke or two about it at first but then once we found out the details um obviously uh, we took it more seriously but yeah um it's about uh phil hartman and yeah just a heads up for anyone um that's sensitive to that kind of stuff but yeah other than that um hope you enjoy the episode and this uh, episode of Miyazaki Month, uh, where we cover Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey guys, this is What Mean. I'm Alex. I'm Sarah. I'm Amanda. And we're here today to review Amanda's actual favorite Miyazaki movie, right? No, my favorite Miyazaki movie is Princess Mononoke. Thank you very much. It changes all the time. No, it's always Princess Mononoke. Anyway, we're here to talk about Kiki's Delivery Service, which I didn't fall asleep during this time, but somebody did. Amanda's really tired. And, uh... I'm Sarah. alive. Yeah, Sarah <laughs> looks kind of tired, too. Yeah, um, this is actually one of my favorite movies from my childhood. I'm not, like, a big Miyazaki person, not because I don't think he's skilled or anything. I just never really got into them other than this one. My this one uh, specifically, you think? Um, I think it's like witchy stuff and I've always been a big fan. Like my mother was into like witchy things, like in media, less so in like practice. But it's like very feminine, very much relatable for a girl who's growing up and becoming her own independent person. Right. Um, I think it's very much like I feel like there's two types of like Miyazaki movies. I feel like this one's much more of like sli- not slice of life, but kind of like that. Yeah, and I'm not into fantasy as much. Like I could never really get into it. It's one of my personal flaws. Like I'm not a big fan of fantasy, and I feel more like cutesy life, but still kind of hard hitting stuff is more my deal. That's fair. How about you, Amanda? What? <laughs> what do you have to say about the movie? I I like it. It's very, like, nostalgic for me, obviously. I used to watch it with my brothers. As I said in the last podcast, we quote Kiki's quite often. Um, we always say the pancake line, and it's just... Um, do you know which dub we were watching? I don't know specifically. Because there are two. Oh, I know um, that. And I feel like... I don't... I don't know. It... The original dub was done in, like, 1998. And then they, like, re it sometime in, like, the mid-2010s, I think. Um, and this one, I don't think he spoke to her at the end. Gigi... Afterwards. Yeah, I was gonna say I do. I think I don't think that was the original dub because like some of the lines just didn't seem quite where I thought they should be. Mhm. I apologize for yawning. I'm very tired. You're gonna make um, us all do it. <laughs> I um, 
but like I said, it's very nostalgic for me. I also think it's one of the more plot-driven um, Miyazaki films. Really? Yeah. It definitely has, like, a very concise plot, and, like, it, there's very much, like, a flow to things and, like, a progression of time, whereas, like, I don't know. The other ones are sort of everywhere, because there's not, like, a time that they can follow as much, like... Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, there's a progression of time through, like, House of Moving Castle or Spirited Away, but, like, this one, I don't know, it's just very, like... It could just be, like, themes of the movie. Bam, bam, bam. Being, like, it's growing up. And so when you're growing up, this is happening and this is happening. And, like, it's very, like, clear, I think. Okay, so Kiki um, goes to a new town. She meets a lady in the new town who lets her stay with her. She starts a delivery business. She gets her first customer. She meets um, this painter lady in the woods. Um, she has this flirtationship type thing with Tombo. Um, and it's just each action is distinct and like flows into the next. I think it's nice that some movies with this, they like come in at the end with like a future thing with which like the characters are dating and that's not a thing because she is so young this is an adolescent film mm-hmm. so they're just still friends with that awkward crushy flirty kind of vibe which I think is like a very Miyazaki thing because the only movie I can think of where like the people are like together like dating at the end is House because that's like I feel like one of the very few like distinct love stories that he does mm-hmm Whereas, like, this, or Princess Mononoke, um, or Screwed It Away. <sighs> the love story just, like, adds to it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not the main focus. Yeah. Um, I know that definitely, uh, for me, one of the things I liked about it was just the whole thing of, like, pursuing things that not necessarily make you happy, but just something where it's just, like, pursuing... Like, for her, it was, like, the art mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And for, like, Kiki, she kind of encouraged her to pursue, like, the whole... You know, like, the whole, like, witch stuff. Yeah, I think... I don't know, everybody has a craft. Whether it be, you know, art, music... Um, what have you, but the craft is like a form of like self-expression and it's just like tied to identity or everybody should have a craft. Let me rephrase that. Um, cause like since we live in such a capitalistic society, a lot of the times we're so wrapped up in, um, um, wake up, work, get home, rinse, repeat. Um, but like we lose sight of the things in life that are actually significant and important. Um, so, I think that, like, I don't know, it's just a reminder to, again, like, you should devote yourself to the things that matter and the things that connect you with you. And I feel like this theme doesn't get tired, and the reason that is is because creators, like Miyazaki, for example, they are so, like, involved with this experience like this is such a basic like common experience for so many creators 
so it's different but same same <laughs> like <laughs> where like they all have this feeling and like when Kiki's like I started making money off of flying so now I don't know about it but then she gets re-inspired so she can still do it and make money but it is still her passion it's like not letting yourself get completely washed away by this capitalistic endeavor and still keeping some of that joy within yourself I can't tell you how many people I know who would like in high school were very passionate about things and then they started like doing it on the side till they could make money and they just sort of lose that spark because it shifts like the perspective of like why you're doing some what you love shifts and there's so much pressure on having to be good at things too so you can make money off of them just be fucking bad at things sidebar sorry but you can just be bad at stuff I would argue Kiki was objectively bad at magic. She was not a very good witch. She couldn't do potions. She couldn't tell the future. She couldn't do spells. She could fly. That was it. Yeah, just be bad. Just, like, I suck at singing. I do it occasionally. I suck at so many things, but I do it because it's fun. You shouldn't have to just be good at things. People don't have to be good at things. I know so many well-rounded, talented, inspirational people that are so bad at certain (laughs) shit that they do anyway for fun. (laughs) <laughs> just be bad. <laughs> Me baking bread. Just be bad at it. Yeah, um, baking is so fucking hard. I love baking. It's it's a science. That's why my roommate is so good at it. Like she's very meticulous. Bam, bam, bam. That's why I suck at baking. I'm better at cooking. This is still related to Kiki because you know the baking thing. So pancakes. We, we are doing so well. Um, I got a question for both of y'all. Does this movie make you want pancakes? Does it make you crave pancakes? I don't like pancakes. Not really, no. I want Waffle House. Like, that's what I want. I love waffles. I think it's the crispity, like, <gasps> aspect. Pancakes are just, like... They suck up syrup and they get mushy and it's so gorgeous and beautiful. <laughs> There's... Oh, I'm so dissatisfied. <laughs> but it's good that it makes you happy. Again... Also, I want to point out the fact that, like, Miyazaki is, like, a crotchety old man. Like, he makes these movies, this media that is so beautiful and comforting, but he himself is such a grumpy man. Like, he's like, anime's a mistake. Like, making... He actually said that? I thought that was, like, a joke, like, meme or something. No, and then he's like, making movies is futile. Like, he just is such a, like, a pessimistic negative man. And I think it's so nice that he is just so cranky and crotchety. And he makes this beautiful stuff. So nice. Like, he's just like a grumble. Like, he could be personified just... No wonder he wants to retire all the time. It's probably because it takes so much effort and everything. And he's just like, I don't want to do this. No, no, no. I think... So, you haven't seen that many Miyazaki movies, right? No. No. Okay, um... I haven't seen all of them, obviously. I don't. I've not. I've not seen *Grave of Fireflies*, which is on my to watch. I heard it's depressing. Oh, I know. A lot of his movies are very nihilistic. It's so nice, and I feel like *Kiki's* is one of the like is less so. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have any of the war stuff in it, at least from what I could tell. He grew up in post World War II Japan, I think, and so I think like, that makes this a lot could of have sense. been his little like pet project. With well. Wh- like an, like an AU, you know, just like his thing. He wasn't originally on this. He was, I think, um, he joined like a, a little bit into the production. 
Weird. Uh, yeah. So this wasn't one of his, like, yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, obviously I love this movie and Sarah loves this movie. And I think it's a great description of, like, you talk about it being a description of femininity a lot. Yeah. Um, Witching, like, inherently is, like, a pretty feminine thing. And it's very maternal. And I think, like, growing up and being different from people is so important yet suffocating. I I agree. And I think it's really beautiful the way it symbolizes, like, just her dress when you compare it against the backdrop against everybody else. Yeah. Um, her dress is, like, solid and plain and dark. And then it's surrounded by these really pretty, um, colorful, um, other, like, unique articles of clothing. And Kiki's just, like, always wanting to be something she's not. And then the second she, you know, is, the second she loses her magic, the thing that makes her special, um, she, you know, realizes exactly how important it was to her to, like, not be that. And other people are like admiring her because of her like like her being so eccentric too like she doesn't understand that she's like this is my samey samey garbage crap clothes which by the way I thought Kiki was a style icon like when I was growing up watching this movie I thought she was so fucking cool like I like black I like the color black I like it with red so her like I just was so obsessed with her clothing at the time I didn't even see like why she would be so upset with this and everyone else loves her style like even the bread lady yep. is like makes she look cool and mysterious and Tombo's like doesn't she look she, so fucking cool he's like God, she's so cool and other people are like wow she's kind of weird and I get that like cause I was her I really was and it's nice to see yourself in things and then watch these people grow even if it's so many years down the road it's been years since I've seen Kiki were you a loner too, like she said she was? She had friends. Self-imposed loner, like she. But she was. called herself a loner. That's what I'm saying. She she had friends, which because she also moved in the same way that like Inspired to Lay Chira moved. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she moved, and if you remember when she moved, she had like five or six little girls who were all around her, like fussing over her before she moved. Mm-hmm. And that's really representative of like what you go through as an adolescent because I had friends I did I had friends but like in my head I was alone I was a loner and like in the same way that Kiki like she gets so mad at Tombo and Alex and I were having a conversation about this while you were napping a little bit that's Norin yes oh my god <laughs> we were thinking about like doing like so what do you think Amanda and, it, and yeah. not liking but I was, he was like oh she might be jealous and I'm like kind of but it's more so like she's got all these big feelings such big feelings that she's holding loneliness like feeling like an outsider that she can't verbalize this and so she's just angry and I feel like that's something we can all like really empathize with and that's why she cuts herself off she holds herself back by trying to be this thing that she's not do you read her as mentally ill um no because she's so young and she hasn't really like I'm not saying you have to go through like so many awful traumatic things to be mentally ill but I feel like it's just more like an adolescent experience can a comment be made on, like, how fucked up, like, adolescents are? Yes. <laughs> yes. Drama. The drama, but it's self-imposed drama. Oh, I said trauma. Oh, trauma? That's the same diff. <laughs> <laughs> Different, but same, same. Drama causes trauma. Period. And so, like, 
it's a lot of it is self-imposed on her part I feel like she'll be fine she'll look back on that and be like oh my god that's so mortifying I can't believe I was such an edgelord for that little bit but it was so good for me I'm a good person now like she'll be fine I feel like a lot of people can relate to Kiki because of that like I don't know the being surrounded by people who care about you and feeling alone and un- misunderstood and yeah cause being a human being is so hard isolating yes and <sighs> and like you could use that as a metaphor for something even if it's not inherently meant to be like say you're like mentally ill like you're neurodivergent you're autistic you have ADHD stuff like that like you can use that like her being weird and witchy like She's holding herself back, even though there's something that is causing a buffer already. She's like, oh, this th- this is weird, I'm weird, and, like, people are gonna, like, feel the weird. And they're gonna look at me weird, and then I'm gonna have to go home and never talk to anybody ever again. Like, I shouldn't be allowed outside. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just mask a little more. Oh my goodness. Also, I wanted to bring up, like, the version, like, the different versions... Like, the one we watched, I'd brought up, because I've only seen this version in which um, her and Gigi never speak again. Like, after she has her weird little magic shortage, her and Gigi stop being able to communicate. And at the end of the movie, it's still that way. Um, I think in the one that Amanda had seen originally, like, the original English dub. I thought, like, they were able to speak again at the end. I could be wrong. No, you're correct. In the two different dubs, there is, like, there's one where they do speak again, and there's one where they don't. And I think it is really an American thing to make something, like, a little bit happier or pick up the heavy. I just... Do you think it's, like, a metaphor for, like, leaving, like, part of your childhood or something behind? Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Um, But America... um, your Western media in general likes really sterilized um, things that they view as being meant for children. Disney movies. Yeah. Um, and though it kind of makes me sad. I mean, another great example of 1990s uh, censorship in Japanese media. Hello, Sailor Moon. Oh my God! I was talking to somebody about that the other day. This is my coworker. I was like, I, yeah, they're not meant to be cousins. They're lesbians. I, oh gosh, that and then, I, I will say, and I know it's mostly nostalgia, but I do like the original voice cast more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so in the original uh, Disney dub, because Disney did dub uh, Kiki's, mm-hmm. the original Disney dub, um, the guy who voiced Gigi, he ad-libbed a lot. And he added in a lot of throwaway lines. And he fucking died. And during the re-recording. And so they dedicated the re-recording to him. He was like, murdered. And, he, he was murdered. Oh, he, was <laughs> he was fucking murdered. Sorry, this like, is a sensitive. The booth. <laughs> like someone shot him. Oh my god. Stop. No, I'm being serious. No, what happened? Is, I was about to stop it and say, hey, this is a really sensitive topic. Hey, trigger warning. Like, murder. I didn't know he was murdered. That's really tragic. All I knew is that he fucking died. So, sorry if you have been murdered or know anyone who's been murdered. If you've been murdered, if you're a guest, <laughs> let's say to this. My bad. No, <laughs> it's too late. Okay, we're not laughing because murder is funny. Um, laughing some... at a ghost listening to my podcast. No, I was saying some topics are just um, really heavy, and so you handle them with humor in order to make them more palatable. 
I just like how people. casually you said it, though. You were just like, yeah, he's been murdered. Yeah, and I was, well, Amanda had a lot more grace than I did, I feel like, because I was like, yeah, he fucking died. And Amanda yeah. was like, hey, really quick, sidebar. Uh, yeah, easy. He was murdered. Yeah, my bad. Um, Do we have, uh, Amanda's pulling something up, I think. Mm-hmm. He was murdered. I'm Googling. Yeah. Um, we are professional here. Well, close enough. Um, yeah, so his name is Phil Hartman. It just says he was murdered before no, the I know. job was finished. I know Phil Hartman, yeah, okay, yeah. Personally? I, oh, yeah, yeah. Me, you knew? Me, Conspiracy me, theory. Me and, Phil, me and Philip, Phil Hartman. <laughs> me and Philip are really close. But, yeah, no, like, that's actually a really sad story. Rest in peace. Like, okay. like I think his wife killed, something, like, I think his wife killed him or something. Like, it's, it's something where it's, like, really messed up. His wife killed him. Is they he? got into a fight May 28th, 1998, and as he slept, she shot him several times. Guns kill people. <laughs> yes. Anyway, back to the movie. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so speaking of... Um, it's now the wrong time to say I liked parts of this movie, but I still didn't really care for the movie. Yeah, see, because... There's dude, never a right time to say that. That's that's something that you think and you just keep to yourself. It's my podcast. I don't care. <laughs> I'm hijacking it this month. It's my podcast this month. You remember when you said that me and Amanda were going to carry this? Yeah, I can still express my opinion. <laughs> well, I also feel like it's really hard to like express your, like dissent or like critique a piece of media that people have like absorbed into their like psyche and as a part of themselves which is like weird gray area where it's kind of our fault for being defensive and your fault for thinking yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe 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 you're the pretty face you don't have to think i liked parts of it but then like overall i was just like "Eh, it's not even that it's just more like like i mentioned earlier with the two types of like miyazaki movies it's there are certain types where I can usually tell, okay, I'm going to like this kind, and then other ones where, like, mm-hmm. eh, it's, like, 50-50, basically. Ah. This one I'm more lean towards, like, I liked parts of it, but it's kind of, you know. And I, I feel like that comes into, like, not to be, like, subscribed to, like, a gender binary or anything, but I feel like there's some parts that, like, a woman or, like, a fab, like, somebody who grew up, like, with a feminine, like, feeling experience. Yeah. In which they relate to it more. Like, you look at this girl, you were a girl or are a girl. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make fuck. Like, you relate to them on some standing. Well, because there's, like, these expectations placed, I think, on women at a much younger age that men never have to experience. Um, they're, like, because growing up, like, as a woman, you're expected to check all these boxes and meet all these standards, and you have to be able to do that while being pretty and maintaining the certain like social decorum and like you have to be everything all at once i was noticing i noticed um when kiki was like freaking out and being very unorganized like oh my god can you watch the store oh my god i have a shipment and like the woman laughs like that is only funny to her because kiki is a child but like if she were a disorganized woman i feel like it'd be like oh. Mm. Oh, oh, Kiki, you gotta get it together. <laughs> but yeah, um. So, 
Go you wouldn't send your 13 year old daughter off on her own? No, that's like a fantasy world in this. That's it's crazy. The, it's, it's Europe, baby. It's the 1950s Europe. That's worse. Okay, people still get murdered. I know World War One and Two didn't happen in this universe, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that there's fucking murder. Like, at least a little bit. I, I literally cannot say anything. I, whenever I'm in charge of my 16 year old cousin, I'm just like, hmm, is she possibly going to get murdered or kidnapped? We went to a convention the other week, and I would not let her go anywhere by herself. Like. Yeah. Which is such a vastly different experience from the way I grew up, because, like, I probably would have been allowed to, like, go stay somewhere else entirely, and I, like, turned out fine, I think. Yeah, well, her parents, whenever they go to conventions, they just go and sit down, and she just walks around by herself or with her friend, usually. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like... That's not your kid, too. So, like, there's that added guilt and, like, worry. Well, that, but, like, I don't want anything to happen to her, so she's gonna be with me or him the whole time. Yeah. Don't like, do that to me. I know I look like a small child, but I promise I'm You're grown. an adult. <laughs> you're a big boy. I'm a big boy. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, my thing about uh, subscribing to femininity earlier, like, I probably handled that a little bit insensitively, but I was only, like describing my personal experience because I on and off subscribe to being like a lady you know yeah occasionally like I'm a woman in the way that like green tea is water I mean it is but like it's not Sarah subscribes I'm Sarah subscribes to any and all pronouns and none at all if you're interested don't perceive me Sarah is Sarah. Sarah is an eldritch being. Yeah, like, sorry guys. Her power is challenged by only Cthulhu. Yes. Uh, in case he's real... My bad. But, yeah. I think... I think Cthulhu would think you're cool. Uh, Probably it, not. He was made by a racist. H.P. Lovecraft was really racist. <laughs> anyway. Uh, if, uh, oh, sorry. To refocus. Sorry. I was about to say, if you guys want to go ahead and wrap this up, it's kind of getting late. <laughs> My last day is tomorrow. Heck yeah. All On right. this earth, bye. <laughs> Alright, so anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and do the outro. Um, I'm Alex. I'm Amanda. I'm Sarah. And this has been What, what Mean. mean?